Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. With me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. And the weather is so warm that I, when I look in my wardrobe at the moment, I see jumpers and think, when, when did I ever wear that? Mm. I saw somebody in a jumper yesterday. No. Yep. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah. Young guy. Yeah, he was in shorts. Clearly and a got no body fat. No, <laughs> it made me hot just looking at him, and not in that way. <laughs> and I have a very unseasonal cold, so hence the uh, yes. rather gruff voice. But we're starting off with our topical discussion this week. It's about artificial intelligence, and um, I think when when you use the word artificial and the words artificial intelligence, you might immediately think of robots and um, the sort of them taking over the world but I first studied artificial intelligence when I was at uni doing um, IT and it was a lot more boring than than robots and uh, essentially it's the part of computer science that looks at um, getting computers to work and react like humans Um, and some of the things that they're designed for is speech recognition, learning, planning and problem solving and artificial intelligence is becoming a big thing in business and actually in our everyday lives as well. There's so many applications of artificial intelligence that we probably haven't even considered are artificial intelligence. So Heather, you suggested this subject mm. and did you immediately regret it once you suggested it or did you find something of interest? Well, I think it's I th- the reason I suggested it is because when I went up to that Financial Times conference up in Manchester, um there was a, a talk by um um somebody from PwC because they've compiled a report looking at the implications of artificial intelligence on business uh, and they see it happening in various waves so they've written this very lengthy report and I'll make sure that there's a link available for you if you want to (laughs) you want to wade your way through it but but I just thought it was something that actually it's a term that is used so often that it's useful just to have the conversation about what it actually is Um, and I think it's something that's been creeping up on us you're right we think about robots, but it's kind of been creeping up on us so slowly that it's sort of immersed as part of our everyday life anyway. You only have to think about, um, you know, interactive screens, you know, touch screens. OK, you know, that's a, that's a step towards um, AI. Uh, Sat navs, uh, Siri, Alexa, um, voice activated telephone systems, you know, say this, say that, say the other. It's all, okay, it was a little bit crude to start with when you'd phone and it would say, you know, say your, your whatever it might be, your account number, and you'd say it and say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. But all of that has evolved and improved. And it, so it's massive. And I think that that's happened in a fairly short amount of time. So in terms of what comes next, I think it's going to be um, significant fairly soon. Yes, there's a report that I was reading in um, Forbes magazine uh, from uh, the latter end of last year. And it said that 83% of businesses believe that AI is a strategic priority for their business. Mm -hmm. And that 75% of those businesses believe that AI will allow them to move into new businesses and ventures. So they actually... A lot of businesses are looking at it. And like you say, it's the series, the Alexas. Um, but did you know it's also Amazon? Mm. It's Netflix. Mm. You know, all of, the, all of those things that actually have be, become a part of the world 
courtesy of big data, which we've talked about previously yeah, as yeah. well. So Amazon, it's their aim to be shipping goods out to you even before you know you need them. Mm. And Netflix, it's analysing all the films and all the, your um, watch history to come up with um, suggestions for you. But there's um, Nest as well, the, um, the learning thermostat. Um, it's voice controlled by Alexa. And, and uh, it, it pr- tries to predictively learn what your comfort settings are and, and will actually adjust your temperature in your house or your office accordingly. So it, there's a lot of things that perhaps we didn't even realise are, are artificial intelligence. But uh, it's very exciting. And, uh, and I think that it will be the way that businesses right now anyway, are are getting competitive advantage, whether it becomes the norm for businesses afterwards and hence competitive advantage is lost. I don't know, but it's very exciting times. I thought... Uh, I found a really interesting article on uh, entrepreneur.com, which really was, you know, well, what is it anyway? What is AI? So it went right the way back to basics, which is is probably quite good for me. And it talks about the difference between AI and machine learning. Um, And machine learning is is a term that's sort of used quite a lot. Um, The term AI AI was coined by a guy called John McCarthy, um, who was a computer scientist. But... um, They say AI and machine learning have a similar relationship to rectangles and squares, just as all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Machine learning is one application of AI, but AI is a broader concept that has other uses too. So there's um, um, advanced machines use large data sets to learn and create patterns. And then they use what they've learned to recognize more of the unknown. And I think that that you think right the way back to, you know, your nectar card, your loyalty cards, all of those things. They've been gathering all this data for years and years and years, which is now being used to identify trends and predict. Um, So I I think that, you know, that's where it started. But the PwC report, what is very interesting is they start to look at the various waves. They say there are three waves. Um, to the early 2020s to the late 2020s and to the mid 2030s and then in that report they look at which companies are most likely to be impacted which industry sectors are most likely to be impacted what job types skilled unskilled etc are likely to be impacted and I think there's some really interesting stats there of course it's all prediction but hey that's yeah. artificial intelligence, isn't it? Now, th- there was one interesting quote that I saw in there. Um, it's actually from a transcript of a podcast. Uh, I didn't have time to listen to the podcast, but it, we can put the link for it on the website if you want to. And uh, it, it talks about um, AI. But one of the um, quotes I picked out from there is that 50% of empowering companies with AI is about the computers but 50% is about changing the employee's mindset. And isn't that the same with any change in business? You you know, you can get very excited about the shiny computers and the robots and everything, but actually part of it is so important is to change the mindset Mm -hmm. of your employees. This is the part of the show where we look at news and events, and I've got a few events for you. Um, I tried to take a slightly different slant this week. Uh, So... 
um, looking forward to the 16th of August, there's an event taking place in Warsaw, which I just thought looked really interesting. We've talked about events with this format before. Question time for business, uh, the business event with a difference. It's um, it's at Warsaw Golf Club, which, OK, is a little bit of a trek if you are based in and around the Wrexham area but this the theme is skills and growth and that's something that I am particularly interested in um, most business owners run their own business for a reason and usually it's because they're trying to provide a lifestyle for them and their family and it can be a lonely road so the the format is that you are there with other business owners and you can talk about skills and growth um, openly and ask questions of the panel um, to get what you need for your business. Uh, it runs from six o'clock till eight o'clock. It is free, um, but spaces are limited. Uh, then beyond that, looking into September, which will be with us before we can blink, um, the UK Info and Brokerage event. Uh, this is taking place in London. Uh, it's on Tuesday, the 18th of September. September from 9 to 4.30 and this event starts to look at um, it's it's about briefing on Horizon 2020 which is a European funding initiative uh, now okay thinking about where we are I wonder what <laughs> I wonder what that'll actually mean <laughs> for us but um, Innovate UK and the Knowledge Transfer Network are hosting this year's Horizon 2020 Nanotechnologies Advanced Materials biotechnology and advanced manufacturing and processing and I thought it was worthy of a mention simply because we've been talking about AI so it's all on the same um, sort of general trend so that's one for September and then following on from that if you are um, involved in the world of um, PR or communications then there's the PRCA National Conference um, which is the uh, um, Public Relations Communications Association Conference, Embracing Change, Friday the 21st of September, £200 plus VAT for members, £300 for non-members, being held at BAFTA. Uh, and it looks to me like a really interesting event. Keynote speakers are include um, uh, Sue Garrard from Unilever and, uh, and a couple of other... Oh, sorry didn't print out properly uh, Michael Froelich from uh, Ogilvy Group looks really good um, I'm seriously considering attending because I think it's something that might be of interest I'll see if I can have to count my pennies <laughs> what news have you got for us Tracy okay so I've got news from HM Revenue and Customs who yesterday launched two new educational videos to help prepare teenagers for working life one of the videos will help 14 to 17 year olds understand what it means when they receive their national insurance number and the benefits of using a personal tax account. And the other new video is aimed at young people beginning work or apprenticeships in the construction industry and will help them to understand construction industry scheme. To be honest, I think there's a few older people that might benefit <laughs> from watching that too. Mm. Both of these videos are part of HM Revenue and Customs Tax Facts programme, which supports teachers in helping their students to learn and understand the facts about tax. Tax Facts is a comprehensive teacher's pack designed to provide an introduction to the tax system. Like I say, it's for um, aimed at 14 to 17 year olds. However, I, I don't think that you uh, are 
precluded from watching it if you are older than that. It's The scheme itself provides teachers with detailed lesson plans and guidance, along with a number of HMRC-produced short animated videos. So that's worth taking a look at if you're interested just go to the HM Revenue and Customs website and look for tax facts. Uh, the first video I talked about is called First Steps, Your National Insurance Number and Personal Tax Account. And the second one is called Tax Facts, Introduction to the Construction Industry Scheme. This season, we're back with our full coverage of all Wrexham AFC games, home and away. Brought to you by the Wrexham AFC media team. Follow all of the action, live and exclusive, here on Callan FM. Listen on 105FM, online or via the TuneIn radio app. Advertise your business to a huge local audience by sponsoring our coverage. Monthly on-air and online packages available or sponsor the full season for a special discounted rate. For full details, visit callanfm.com. Wrexham AFC on Callan FM. Whenever, wherever. Callan FM. Callan FM. Yes, and the beauty of listening to the football coverage is that you'll get the likes of me or Heather very confidently sitting behind the desk and pressing the buttons. You won't hear us speak. Yeah. Yeah, very You get all the technical stuff. (laughs) Without the uh, without having to listen to us, <laughs> just good football commentary. Really good football commentary, it, actually. Excellent football yep. commentary. Yeah. So I, it's been one of those things. I, I did it last season quite a bit, and I'd come armed with books and and things that you know, I wanted to do while I was here, and I ended up listening to the commentary instead, <laughs> just getting pulled in, mm. sucked in, mm. um, by by the quality of the commentating. So do do listen, and if you do have a business. Um, with the target market of the Wrexham area, then please do consider um, sponsoring um, some of the show um, commentary. I, th- I think you would get some really good coverage and the details are on the website at callanfm.com. Now, this part of the show, we normally review a book or an app, but we're actually reviewing a whole field yeah, we're so brave, yeah, aren't we? Yes, uh, psychometric testing. And they're often used as part of a recruitment process as a way of employers assessing your intelligence, your skills, your personality, how you might fit in with the other, the rest of the employees. And uh, it, it's a massive field and one that, Heather, I believe that you, you're experienced in. I'm only experienced in it from the point of view that I've taken psychometric tests Mm -hmm. and I've also applied them um, more recently with some recruitment that I've been doing, but not um, skilled in actually facilitating the tests. Whereas I think you've got some experience from that point of view. Yeah, this I mean, this really is my thing. I I absolutely love it. Uh, I first encountered psychometric testing um, about 20 years ago now, I would say, when... um, I worked for a guy who was really into it and I was thinking, oh, this is all a bit mumbo jumbo. But um, but over the years, I've researched and used various different tests um, and I also am a Myers-Briggs practitioner now. So, um, but the, it to me, it's just fascinating because people are fascinating. But sometimes people get uh, intimidated when somebody says, oh, we're going to get you to do some psychometric testing or some personality profiling and whatever. Psychometric tests have three strands. So 
They might measure your aptitude. So that might be your core skills in terms of numeracy, literacy, um, reasoning, you know, the more sort of cognitive stuff. Um, then there's personality. So um, the way that you perform, the way that you are as a person, not whether you're a good person, not whether you're a bad person, but the sense of you as an individual. And then there's your interests. So the way that you approach life and the way you, that you rationalize life. So um, so I think that's really important before, before we get overwhelmed by, uh-oh, um, because I remember somebody said to me once, oh, my goodness, you can read my mind. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is big data. This is artificial intelligence in the earliest of its forms where you look at trends and you analyze the way that people perform um, and then ask them a number of questions, which then applies a kind of map, a kind of grid over the top of them so that it starts to make sense of the way that that people think and operate. So. Loads of different ones out there, um, some fairly straightforward and simple, some more complex and giving more detailed information. Yes, you're right. They're really good for recruitment. If you're looking for somebody, um, it, you know, it might not be practical to do it for um, a relatively um, low paid unskilled job but if if you're if you're getting into we need somebody who's going to come in and turn this business around or we need somebody who's going to pull this team together or who's going to sell or is going to develop or whatever it might be scrutinize that's when you can start to look at best people for the role so recruitment it's really useful but also recognizing how a team works and is a lot of it to do with how it's applied i mean for for example you you could um, you could do these tests for your existing team and you could completely break the team because you're applying them in a, a certain way and you go, well, no, this test says you can't do this or you're not suited to that. Mm. And actually, you you have to sort of take a step back from what they're telling you and not to, to see it quite as uh, prescriptive or yeah. of a guide. I think that's why it's really important if, you, if you're going to use these tools that you use somebody who... Um, can facilitate that because what you definitely don't want to do is demotivate the staff and say, actually, you should never be <laughs> in that job because yeah. it's not about Boy, how that. did you get exactly, in this job? Yeah. Exactly. But where it is really powerful, and this is this is the particular reason why I love it so much, is that you could look at a team, you could identify it would be it would be like saying if you had um, a team of men making policy for women. They can't possibly be looking at it from a female perspective. If you had a group of women making policy for men, they wouldn't be able to look at it from a male perspective. So just in the simplest of forms, you need a, you need a diverse team to consider all elements. If you've got a gap, then you can say, OK, we've got strengths here, but we've got this gap. So we need to consciously do something that makes amends and mitigates the fact that we haven't got any women in our group and we're making policy or we haven't. So we might consult or we might go and do research or whatever it might be. And isn't true that although you might not have a particular, um, it might not be your natural skill to do something, you can actually be doing the the job quite competently because you've, you've learned that, but maybe it's not one of the natural skills that you've got. Yeah, and that's the difference between personal personality profiling and aptitude testing. Yes, you can learn a skill. They say that you should hire for attitude and train for skill. 
Right. So, um, so thinking about sales in its simplest of forms, if you are outgoing, um, a people-centered person and you are fascinated by people and you engage, so you're, you, you live and, and um, you externalize and take external reference, then you can learn techniques to sell. If you are somebody who is um, introversion and, and, and really, you know, the worst thing in the world is to go and, and meet with people and talk with people, you could learn how to sell, but you haven't got you haven't yeah. got the the traits. The thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I found some interesting resources uh, at a website called WikiJob, and uh, they, they do a quick description of what psychometric tests are all about. And uh, apparently, the word uh, psychometric is coined from the Greek words for mental and for measurement. And uh, the the key thing that I found though was they had some example tests at the end of the page I was looking at, so they got practice tests mm-hmm. for numerical reasoning, verbal reasoning, diagrammatic reasoning. Um, so that's your your ability to look at charts, flowcharts, diagrams, something called the Watson Glazer test, which is designed to assess your ability to digest and understand situations and information. And apparently, it's frequently used by law firms. There's a test for inductive reasoning, which is your ability to see patterns and consistencies in data and to work flexibly with unfamiliar information. And a test for situational judgment, which assesses your ability at solving problems in work-related situations. And each of them are about five, ten minutes long, but they they give you a good idea of what might be involved in each of those different types of tests. So looking at it from both points of view, if you're going into a situation where you're you're applying for a job and you know you're going to have some tests. It's well worth going online and finding some tests so that you can practice some of these skills for you to not get panicky about. You you're probably worth getting into the habit of doing some of them and you know seeing what it is that they're they're about. But if you're going to recruit as well and you're thinking about what type of tools you might want to be using, you perhaps should do the test yourself as well. Mm. Now, if you're going to hire people and you expect them to have those skills, maybe you want to benchmark against your own yeah, skills absolutely. And, and see uh, how that fits in. Um, now, the other thing that I've, I've read as I've been researching for this topic is that psychometric tests are seldom used in isolation and perhaps you could say shouldn't be used Mm. in isolation and they're just one of the methods used in the selection process Um, and I don't know how um, you see them fitting but it's generally part of the um, the screening process before you you get further down the line so perhaps you've sent in your application form they like what they see with the application form and then it's test time to then screen you before you get invited for interview. Is that how you've seen it applied in recruitment? Where it's really helpful in recruitment is that, say, um, um, so you've got the candidate, they've completed some sort of psychometric testing or profiling, whatever it might be, and they appear to have a weakness. So say you had somebody who'd done an aptitude test and they appear to be really bad at numeracy, um, and yet they've applied for um, a role that is heavily dependent on their numeracy skills, you, but they may have shone in every other area, then during the interview, you can probe and ask questions and ask them to demonstrate where they have used their numeracy skills to perform and achieve. Yeah. So it really helps to inform the interviewer where, okay, there's potentially a weakness here. Let's let's probe further there and let's ask those questions. If somebody, um, you know, you might ask somebody... Um, 
how you know, to give an example of where they've influenced or persuaded or changed or whatever it might be. So that's where it's really useful. It's not just a case of, oh, well, you're, you're rubbish at numeracy, therefore you can't possibly have this job. So what about those tests where you're under time pressure as well? I've had those over the years. Uh, my understanding is that isn't necessarily um, because you have to get all the questions answered in the time. It's more to see how you work under stress. Is that right? Well, it, yeah, I mean, there's there's that element. I mean, some tests you're given a set amount of time and that is purely and simply because they don't want you to overthink things. So, I mean, yeah, I could produce an all singing, all dancing PowerPoint presentation where slides are whizzing in left, right, centre, music, video, you name it. But it might take me more than half an hour. Whereas if you want to gauge whether somebody can really do that, then you give them half an hour to do it. But when it's the questions where, you know, whether you agree or strongly disagree, so more of the personality um, profiling, they don't want you overthinking it. What's the right answer? You go with your the first thing. So that's why they would apply time pressure then to get you to rattle through it. Okay, so we've summed up what we know on psychometric tests in about 10 minutes. Uh, Heather, can you put some links on the website to, to some of the resources that yes. you're aware of? Yeah, I'll, I'll, on, on the website, uh, the business.community, I will put links to some of the more common ones. So that's uh, DISC, um, Belbin, Myers-Briggs. Uh, and I'll also make sure there are a couple of links for some tests for you to have a go yourself. Yeah, let us know how you get on. Maybe we should do the test as well and report back. Yes, yes, <laughs> good idea. This week's guru, business icon, well-known business person is a lady who um, has been around for quite a long time considering her her young age. Uh, she's a few years younger than, than me. Um, and she's come from a most... Her career started mostly in the world of sport. It's been a really... It's been a really diverse and interesting way that she's worked her way through to be, in her own words, um, uh, she is one of the most influential, high profile and respected female business leaders in the UK. We're talking about Baroness Brady of Knightsbridge, CBE. Um, and those are the words taken from her own website, which is KarenBrady.com. Um, yeah, she is currently... CEO of West Ham United Football Club um, and star and is also a non-director of Psycho Entertainment. That's the um, Simon Cowell. Um, uh, very, <laughs> very um, high ranking organisation. Uh, they own things like uh, Topshop as well as all of those TV things that, that keep cropping up. She was made a life peer by the Prime Minister and entered the House in 2014. And she did receive a CBE from the Queen for her services to business entrepreneurship and women in business. Uh, and certainly everywhere you you um, you find her on the Internet, she is perceived to be um, a, a champion of women in business. What 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 do you think about Karen Brady, Tracy? Well, for a start, um it's got two R's in it. That's the first thing I learned. Karen is spelt with two, two R's. Two R's, yeah, yes. Karen Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the first thing I noticed is um, if you Google Karen Brady, it, it's very, um, how shall I put it? It's very tabloid, mm. all the, the headlines mm. that come up. And, and in a way, for a woman who is um, a respected business leader, 
it's 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 a little bit trashy a lot of the stuff that's there about her. I, I thought yeah, and and also quite unpleasant you know look at her stunning daughter says one headline um her daughter poses in a white bodysuit says another headline Karen Brady's husband another one Karen Brady dresses herself slim is another one it's like mm, okay it's it's it, it's it's not the sort of headlines we were reading about Adam Crozier no. last week no, no. although interestingly they both came up through the uh, ranks. They they both worked at Saatchi and Saatchi, mm. and they've had quite diverse careers, and and rose through the ranks at a very early age. But whereas Adam Crozier operates in the background, Karen is very much there in the limelight and and in the tabloid papers for her appearance. Um, I looked at the website. She's got a nice website. However, the the last blog she did was dated December 2015, but um, her Twitter feed is up to date. So maybe she's she's replacing her her profile with uh, Twitter and Instagram is also up to date. But a, a blog, although there were some good articles in there, is is a touch out of date. I did my usual thing and went and looked on LinkedIn. Couldn't find a profile, but she was on LinkedIn Talent Connect 2014. And it's the same story um, that you get from the website, really. So the youngest managing director of a PLC in the UK um, with Birmingham City, the vice chair of West Ham uh, FC and spent seven years serving on the boards of Channel 4 Television and chairing the Remuneration Commission uh, Committee and the Global Retailer for Mother Mothercare PLC. She's won awards. Yeah, so um, there's that, and then there's her, her sort of public persona and their personality. I think that was what's different between her and Adam. Adam's got you know, the, the strength and the, and the business skills, and Karen's cultivated a personality as well you know she's on the tv she's on the apprentice she's been involved in other things as well so she's it's it's quite a different profile but on company's house she's got 10 active appointments and several uh, directorships that she's been resigned from so again in in common with adam crozier from last week you know a num uh, fingers in lots of different pies so i, I think she's she's very interesting lady and uh, i i do believe that she's um she has some good things to say about women in business, but I don't agree with them all. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. There, there was one thing that I did pick up on that I did really appreciate that I read. It's talking about women in business and saying that not all women want to be the boss. Mm-hmm. Not all of them want to yep. rise to the to the top of the company, but they want some um, re- respect and flexibility within the workplace that a lot of men who have perhaps got wives at home who are looking after the house and doing all the childcare, they perhaps don't even recognise that that is a requirement for the woman to, to get through her business life. And, and hence, that she, she was highlighting the disparity there between men in work and women in work. And it's through the total lack of understanding of the men who don't have the same responsibilities. But on the other hand, I find her approach, it's not my style. She's she's a little bit harsher with with her business style than than me personally. It's quite yes, her profile is quite sensationalist, and um, I mean even you know there are just a couple of a couple of quotes that she um, at one time, uh, and I think the whole Birmingham City thing, um, and the um, the appointment there came about because she'd sold uh, two million pounds worth of advertising in six months to David Sullivan who was um, owner of the Daily Sport and then um, 
Beckham then was obviously part of Birmingham, Birmingham City. But um, I mean, for example, she says that the first time she got on the team bus, a player said, I can see your breasts from here, which he obviously didn't say breasts. And she said, when I sell you to crew, you won't be able to see them from there, will you? And she sold the player shortly <laughs> afterwards. You know, that's quite tough. And, and another thing I, I notice is one of the guys that hired her at Birmingham, when asked years later why he'd done it, he says, because she's a sacker. Yes. She's not afraid of sacking yes. people. Yes, which, you know, is great if that's what you need. But for me, as a, you know, I don't know, a flaky businesswoman, <laughs> I, 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 just, I just feel that she's quite tough. And I don't think you need to be tough to be successful in business. And I'd, ha- as a role model, I'd hate for that to be the message that comes across. Yeah, I think there's two different ways to look at um, women in, in the world of work. And one is the way to succeed is to become more like a man. Yeah. And the yeah. other way is to change the face of business yeah. so that the, the skills that women have are, are valued and, and the flexibility that you need to run a family are valued as well. Mm. So, so Yeah, it's that mix, isn't it? it it's two different approaches, really. Um, we normally finish a show with a quote. I've got one this time. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've got one. Because I haven't. Okay, so mine is from her website. And um, she's got a, a little blog post about rules for success in business. Um, and one of the rules is about communication. And she says, the people who work for me know exactly what is expected of them. They know what I think, where I'm going, and what the rewards will be when we get there. That's because I'm very straight. I can't stand people who say one thing and do another. I like that. I like yeah, that, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I I'll give her that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, anything else you've got, Heather, on Karen? No, I mean, I think the rules for success are interesting on her website. So certainly worth looking at, you know, work hard, have confidence, embrace ambition, have the courage to take a risk, take a reality check, learn to juggle, plan to win, know how to negotiate. Um, and of course, you know, that communication thing is a biggie. Um, yeah, her website's great. Um, certainly worth a look. Not everybody's um, not everybody's cup of tea, but successful nonetheless. You've been listening to the Business Community with me, Heather Noble, and me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views, and reviews from the world of business. Mm-hmm.